We're now going through the Gospel of John. And the Gospel of John, John has very few miracles, but he does not call them miracles in his Gospel. He calls them signs. So a sign is different than a miracle. Miracle is just, you know, something miraculous. Science can't explain it. But a sign is something that's greater. So like if you see, like some people in Medjugorje see the spinning sun in the sky, and that might be a sign for them. Um, other people may have, you know, rosaries turn into gold. Those are signs. People come up to me and they're like, oh, I, I saw the Blessed Mother and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, Father, what does this mean? I say, I have no idea. You have to pray about it. Because it's a sign. It's a sign that you received from the Lord. Sometimes you'll see, you'll receive signs in prayer. Sometimes they're in the sky. Sometimes they're miraculous signs. But they're, they're signs that point to something Greater. And yes, all signs need to be discerned because you could say, well, I saw the Blessed Mother on my hamburger. Well, maybe that's not a sign. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're taking pills or something hallucinating. I don't know. You know, so, so you have to discern signs when you receive them. So in John's gospel, he has seven signs. There are seven signs in, God's, in John's gospel. What are the seven signs in John's gospel? And each sign is greater than the other. The first sign is the wedding feast at Cana in which Jesus turns water into wine. And you may think, well, what's, what's so big about that? It was about like 38 gallons of water, 38 gallons of wine. You imagine that? It was a lot of wine. The second sign was the healing of the royal official son. And it's a, it's a sign in which Jesus, he does the healing from a distance. He isn't even there with the son. He does the healing from a distance, showing that he's God, he's beyond space and time. God can even heal from a distance. So some people think, I have to be in church to be healed. No. God can heal you from your home. If you have faith, God, God is not he's, not, he's not limited to space and time. And then we have the third healing, which is in the gospel today, the healing of the lame man who's been lame for 38 years. And we'll go into that. And Jesus heals this lame man. The fourth sign is the miracle of the loaves, which Jesus, he multiplies loaves, which is a sign of the Eucharist. And then he gives the bread of life discourse. The fifth sign is what we heard in the gospel this past weekend on Sunday. It was the man who was born blind. And Jesus heals this man born blind by putting uh, clay on his eyes. And the man washes and his sight is restored. The sixth sign, which we're going to read in the gospel this coming Sunday, on the fifth Sunday of Lent, is, th is the raising of Lazarus from the dead. You see how the signs get bigger and bigger? Like here you have a man born 
who's born uh, blind from birth and is healed. And now Jesus is, is going to heal someone who's more than blind, more than lame, more than deaf, who's dead, whose heart is not even beating. And Jesus raises him up from the dead after three days. The final sign, the seventh sign, is the greatest. And Jesus gives. And Jesus talks about it as the sign of Jonah. As Jonah was in the belly of the well three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the belly of the well three days and three nights, and then will rise on the third day. It's the resurrection of Jesus. So the seventh sign is the greatest sign in which Jesus raises his own body from the dead. And why is it the greatest sign? Because the resurrection brings new life to everyone else. And this, and this is the way that John does his gospel, is it's a progression of these signs pointing to Jesus, that he's not just a miracle worker, he's not just a prophet, but he is the son of God who has come down from heaven and who takes on human flesh, takes on our infirmities, and then he, he then redeems us from the cross and rises from the dead, giving us new and everlasting life. It's Jesus himself who is the ultimate sign. That's why the seventh sign is the greatest, the resurrection, because it's Jesus himself is the sign. He's the sign for us. And so the, these great signs are signs of who the person of Jesus is. And as Jesus does each of these signs, what happens is the opposition grows against him. So he does a sign that's miraculous. A lot of times he's doing these signs on the Sabbath. And that's what, what incites some of the opposition against him because he's, he's doing these signs on the Sabbath. He's given people new life on the Sabbath so that they can truly have a rest on the Sabbath. Like if you, if you can't walk for 38 years, and then all of a sudden you can walk on the Sabbath. That's a true rest on the Sabbath. And yet every sign that he does incurs this opposition against him. Until, until eventually it's not just the sign that's the opposition that Jesus does. But it's Jesus himself who is the sign who they're opposed to. But they're opposed to the sign. And being opposed to the sign... They, they then are opposed to Jesus. And, and who is they when we say they here? We, we mean the Pharisees, Sadducees, the high priests. So when John says the Jews here, we don't want to be anti-Semitic. We are not anti-Semitic here because there were many Jews who believed in Jesus. You have to realize that. You have to realize that. There were a lot of Jews who believed and Jesus. But then there were some who did not believe in Jesus. And that's why Jesus is the sign of contradiction. Exactly what Simeon had prophesied when Jesus was a baby and Mary was there, that he will be the sign of contradiction. And I bet you the Blessed Mother was at all of these, seeing Jesus as the sign, seeing how people would believe in him and then how others would oppose him. So what's the miracle or, or the sign here 
that Jesus works. It's the third sign in John's gospel. And it is the sign of the man who had been ill for 38 years, who was lame for 38 years, and Jesus heals him. Now, it's interesting because they're at the sheep gate and they're at a pool in Hebrew called Bethesda. And what is so big about this Bethesda? What is so big about the pool? Well, the pool was considered, it was considered a miraculous pool, miraculous waters. And in the oral tradition is that an angel would stir up the pool. And we don't know, you know how many times the angel would stir up the pool. But when the angel stirred up the pool, then the, the people, they, they, the, the blind, the lame, the sick, the ill, they would try to go into the pool when it was stirred, and they were healed. So there were many people that were healed with this pool. Isn't that great? And if you're sick out there, don't you wish you had a pool like this? And wouldn't we all run to the pool and try to be healed? You know, kind of like the miraculous waters of Lourdes, where people want to drink and wash the miraculous waters of Lourdes to be healed. And so this pool had healing powers. The, an angel would stir up the pool, and then the people would go in, and they would be well. Now this man who had been lame for 38 years had a problem. We don't know how lame he was. And Jesus says to him, do you want to be well? Now, why does Jesus go to him? There's all these sick people around there. Why does Jesus go to him? And the man, he, he kind of reveals what's happening in his life. He says, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. He's talking about the angels stirring up the water. While I'm on my way, someone else gets down there before me. So he's a turtle. He's a turtle. He, he can't get to the pool. He's too slow. But he needs someone, because he's lame, he needs someone to carry him or to bring him to the pool. And who knows how far he was from the pool. But he says every time he gets there, someone else is there receiving the healing. And then the, the, the water stops stirring and he, and he can't get there. He's got a problem. And what does Jesus do? Jesus himself doesn't even, Jesus doesn't even bring him down to the pool. Jesus doesn't need the pool. Jesus can heal him himself. And all Jesus says to him is, rise, take up your mat and walk. See the word, that word rise, like a resurrection for this man. And all of a sudden, this man's legs become strong again. These legs that were lame for 38 years, by the word of Jesus, the Son of God, that these legs, all of a sudden, they become strong again. And the man, he becomes well, and he takes up his mat, and he walks. Again, I always, I always like drama in the Gospels. Think about it. Do you think that this man, he just took up his mat and he just started walking around and was like, oh, that's nice after being lame for 38 years. I'm just going to um, dum-de-dum-de-dum, walk around. Think about it. Think about, think about the commotion that he's going to make. He's going to pick up his mat and his legs are going to be strong 
And not only is he going to walk around, he's going to leap and jump for joy. He's going to say, I'm healed, I'm healed, my legs are healed, I can walk, I can walk. He's going to shout it out so that all will hear it. And he's there with his mat. He's there picking up his mat, and he's, he's probably dancing with his mat. Think of that. I would have a good dance with my mat if I was lame for 38 years. I'd have a good dance with the mat. Think about it. Think about it. He's making a commotion. And of course, there's opposition. Because there's some who only live by the law and not by the spirit of the law. They're more worried about the law of not carrying your mat on the Sabbath. Sometimes we can be so legalistic. I, f I find Catholics can fall into this. Sometimes we become so legalistic. Father, do I have to do this and do that and do this and do that? And it's like, it's God's mercy. Rely more on God's mercy than on the law. I'm not saying don't follow the law. I'm just saying sometimes we can become very legalistic, pharisaical. And so then they say to him, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to carry your mat. The man was just lame for 38 years. Now he's going to have a true Sabbath rest of walking and not suffering for 38 years, he was suffering and pain. You don't know what he was going through. And the suffering, as you know, if you go through chronic suffering, suffering is not just physical, it's also social. It keeps you away from people. So if he's lame, he's away from people. There's a social suffering. And now he can walk, he can pick up his mat, he can, he can socialize with others. And he says, the man who made me well told me, take up your mat and walk. And here's the opposition. Who is the man who told you, take it up and walk? How dare he go against our laws? How dare he do that? See that? All they're thinking about is their law. They're not even thinking about this man was lame for 38 years and now can walk. You see that blindness? There's a blindness. There's a hardness of heart. They're only worried about their law and not love. Love is always greater than law. Always remember that. The law is there to help us to love. But if you follow the law and do not have love, then you're not really following the law because all laws lead to love. And so the man did not know who it was who healed him because Jesus slipped away. And then when Jesus finds him in the temple, Jesus says something interesting to the man. He says, look, you are well. And then he says, do not sin anymore so that nothing worse may happen to you. It's interesting because in the gospel over the weekend with the man born blind, the disciples asked Jesus, whose sin was it? Was it this man or his parents' sin that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither one. This is for the works of God. However, in this case, Jesus relates the sin to the man being lame. It's interesting. Because he says, 
do not sin anymore. We don't know what the man's sins were. And we shouldn't know. Because that's always private between God and the person. But it was the man's sin. And Jesus says, do not sin anymore so that nothing worse may happen to you. So there could be a link between sin and illness. There could be a link. I remember at Fatima, when Lucia was asking for certain people to be healed. And the Blessed Mother basically said to them, tell them not to sin. Tell them to repent of their sins first before they could be physically healed. That, that the, greater, the greater healing is the spiritual healing. Then sometimes the physical healing will come after that. And so then the man becomes an evangelist for the people. And he goes and he tells all the Jews, he tells all the people that Jesus was the one who made him well. So it wasn't just that he was made well. Now, before he was just, I'm well, I'm well. You know, he's dancing, he's happy. He's, I'm well, I'm well, I'm well. But now the sign is, is that Jesus made me well. And now he's proclaiming Jesus to all the people that Jesus is the sign. Jesus is the one who, who made my legs well after 38 years. And that is why, because it's Jesus who told him to take up his mat and walk on the Sabbath, then those who are opposed to Jesus, they direct their hatred toward Jesus. Not just toward the sign, of the man walking with the map, but now it's toward Jesus himself. And you're going to see that more in the gospel this week of almost like a courtroom where people put Jesus on the witness stand. But Jesus, basically, he's going he's gonna to turn it around. He's going to be the judge. He's going to question them. He's going to be the lawyer that will question them. And so you're going to see this kind of this intense, not, not just dialogue, but think of it like a courtroom, like a courtroom back and forth, trying to give the evidence of the truth. And Jesus will call his own witnesses in to testify on his behalf. And so this is why we have these readings during Lent to see that, yes, there are those who follow Jesus and there are, there are those who oppose Jesus. And it's no different today. There are those who follow Jesus and there are those who oppose Jesus also, the person of Jesus. And they do that by, by opposing the followers of Jesus today. They can't go after Jesus directly but they'll go after now his body, the church, and try to persecute the church. So these signs are signs of something greater. And always keep your eyes on the sign, but eyes on the true sign itself, who is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who has come to take away our illnesses, to make the lame walk, the blind see, 
the deaf hear, and most of all, for sinners to receive the light of salvation. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.